Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Once you've been to 50 waterfalls and to 50 beaches, beautiful beaches around the world, like it's not that exciting anymore. So I know that sounds crazy oh. to some people right now on the listening. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire. It's a gorgeous, sunny summer day here in rural Norway, where I'm recording this right now. I haven't been able to say that too much. It's actually been raining and cloudy, and I've been wearing like fleeces and jackets and all kinds of fall things, which might sound a little refreshing to some of you uh, in certain spots of the globe, because I know there's a, a lot of heat going on. I guess it's been refreshing, but I wasn't ready for a little sun. So anyway, glad you can be here joining me today for a little nomad talk, full-time travel lifestyle. And no matter how many people I have on this show that are traveling full-time and talk about this, there are always new lessons and perspectives to be gleaned. And I know you'll probably get some of those today. A few things we touch on during this interview portion of uh, the show, how sometimes the more you travel, the more you want to travel, but also It can be that the more you travel, the more you crave routine and familiarity. And some of you that travel full time, that might resonate with you as an idea, wanting to feel that regularity of uh, quote unquote normal life. So we talk a bit about that. We talk about the downside of using travel to find a place to live, which is funny because this is one of my fantasies next time I relocate to a new country. (laughs) I say next time, like, I mean, it could never happen, but maybe it will. I have this fantasy of just traveling around and then finding my perfect little spot and just being like, yep, we're just going to set up here right now. Here's where we live now. Let's do it. But uh, we talk about the downside of that and what might be missing, actually, some big things that are missing with that strategy and talk about how the majority of nomads may be coming from small towns, a little small town nomadic theory here. 
and two key things to your digital nomad success if you're somebody that wants to take your work with you on the road, why focus is so critical, why it's important to test out a lifestyle before you live it, really any lifestyle, how to still be productive when you are fast traveling and why it's so hard, and some up-and-coming destinations that haven't been, I guess, publicized as digital nomad hotspots or remote work hotspots where a lot of people are congregating. I asked my guest who has been nomadic for uh, quite some time and is very deeply involved with the digital nomad community through his uh, nomad cruise. And uh, he shares some pretty cool spots that I hadn't really heard about before. So all of that is happening in today's interview. I should preface this that uh, this was recorded pre-COVID-19. So if it sounds that way at any point, that's because it is that way. (laughs) All right. I want to get into today's interview segment now. Stick around on the back end. I've got a quote for you. We're going to talk a little bit about being overwhelmed, which is something that comes up in this interview. And I'm going to share a strategy for you that will help you to not get overwhelmed, no matter what it is that you're getting overwhelmed by. I mean, it can work for a lot of things anyway. So stick around for that. And we'll give a shout out to somebody in the community. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the other side of this interview, my friend. I'm so excited to welcome to the show the founder of Nomad Cruise, a conference for digital nomads, entrepreneurs, and global freedom seekers that takes place on a cruise ship. Yes, on a cruise ship. You can learn more at nomadcruise.com. And he's here with me right now. I'm looking at him over a Skype call. Johannes Volkner, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Great to be here. Great to see you, man. Uh, you just made me a little jealous because we were talking a little bit before this and I said, I'm in Norway. It's been gray for months. And you're in Mallorca, Spain, where it's sunny and beautiful. <laughs> How did you end up there? Is that a, a home base for you for a while or... I moved um, here in January and uh, January last year, and uh, yeah, basically. So I've been here quite a bit, and the the main reason was that I wanted to have a base somewhere in Europe, and I still travel quite a lot. But sometimes, you know, I just want to go to a place, focus, get things done. And um, Mallorca is like so super central and such a beautiful island. So I chose this and I also had some friends there and stuff. And yeah, really are you, happy. Are you renting a place or did you buy a place there? No, no, no. Just just renting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're still like, yeah, I'm still going to have that nomad, my foot in the nomad world just in case I want to take off. It's a trend I've certainly noticed. We're going to talk about trends later because you hosting this nomad cruise, you're getting to interact with all these speakers and you're kind of seeing what people are doing and how it's evolved. And I know you've been a digital nomad since 2010 is what I read. If, unless the internet's lying, is that right? No, it's true. Yeah. Okay. So I've noticed that a lot of people that have been doing it for a while do tend to kind of eventually want a base, right? Like it's, it is hard to get things done when you're traveling. Mm, exactly. I mean, basically there are different steps in the nomad life, right? So in the beginning, it's all about the excitement. I want to see the world. And like, I go two weeks here, two weeks there, everywhere. And you just want to travel and go to all these places you've never been in your life. 
And the more you do it, the more you then also feel like a little bit disconnected to the world, like, and the people around you. So it's a little bit hard to build relationships when you travel so much, right? And you know, like, so you, you don't really have this belonging. So then what I see is that like after a year, people slow down, like they, they stand, tend to travel slower and slower. And they're just really looking to be a little bit more connected and be more productive as well at the same time. And then eventually they are, you know, then they get a bit tired of just being somewhere for one month. So they go somewhere for three months and then they find a little bit their favorite places around the world. So then they just tend to go back to the places that they know where they have their friends and eventually like pick some base. And that is, I think it's like the very normal cycle of, of nomads. And it's, it's, yeah, I think. You know, I, I mean, eventually I think that we will be, you know, most of us there, we are kind of based in like a few places around the world where we a little bit feel like home. Like I can go to Cape Town tomorrow, a lot of people I know there, or, you know, I could go to Colombia, to a few other places, and I, I could just like dive into the community right there very easily. So, yeah. Is that the thing that makes you feel like home? Is it the people that you would know when you land or is it the place or just a combination of those two? I think it's both. So I think that it's the people, right? I mean, so in a way, the people that you travel with, they are kind of like your community. So you're kind of taking it with you, right? So you always have know a lot of people around the world. But of course, it's also really nice to go to a place and know where there's a supermarket or where you can get some nice coffee or you go to the gym, right? So you need to have a little bit this familiarity as well. And the more you travel, the more you kind of like start to miss this or you start to think like, oh, you know, I want to have a nice bed again with a good mattress, you know? Or yeah. Like so now, isn't it ironic how it's kind of like when you take off, you're, it's all about the unknown and the excitement of that. And then, like you said, if you're looking at the nomadic life cycle, maybe it comes full circle there where you're like, hey, I like the familiarity of knowing where the grocery store is. And it's like all the things that you would have in a regular life, that, which is the reason you left, you kind of want back again in a way. But then when you come back, you appreciate it. So you know, right. like, oh, this is awesome, right? So before that, you don't appreciate it. Before you always think like, I want to do, I want to see all these things. And I mean, of course, like once you've been to 50 waterfalls and to 50 beaches, beautiful beaches around the world, like it's not that exciting anymore. So I know that sounds crazy awesome. to some people right now that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> but that's but kind of how you felt, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it's with every, like, I think it's with most people, like, you need to give places, the, the trouble is a little bit this moment when you get to a new place and you're going to be there for, like, let's say, you say, like, ah, oh, no, I want to see if, you know, Rio de Janeiro is a place where I want to live. So in the beginning, you have all this excitement discovering the city, but then things are a little bit, you know, like normal and then but then you don't really have the community or the friends because this is something that you need to build up in a place when you're going to be there for a little bit longer and this takes time right so sometimes people fail a little bit you know to actually really give places like to commit to one place and give this place a chance so that they actually really start to like this as well 
Because it's very easy, you know, like I can just, I mean, I know I can fly to Japan tomorrow. I've never been there. I'm going to have an amazing time and like, it's going to be super exciting, but you know, it's just for a short time. Then this always stops, but some people, they just travel and they try to like always, you know, jump from one place to another to, to keep this excitement. Whereas I think it's also cool to just accept that in the beginning you're like super excited this will die down eventually and you will want to have a little bit more of a base. And I'm not the only one who feels like this is absolutely normal. Yeah. It's a good time to talk to you too, because 10 years is a nice round number, right? You started in 2010. It's 2020 at the time of this recording. So have you been traveling full time for those 10 years? I know you have a little bit of a base now, but no, I'm, I mean, I haven't really been. So I traveled as a nomad like for three years, two, three years. And then I get so excited because I went to Tarifa, which is in southern Spain. And it's like a little kite surfing town village. Okay, yeah. And I was going to move there. And I actually started a co-working space there already in 2004, uh, 14 or something. 2015 this was, yes. So I wanted to have this as my base and then travel whenever I wanted to. But then I accidentally started this nomad cruise. So, and a lot more people jumped on this, on this lifestyle because in the beginning I felt a little bit like, you know, like this is amazing, but I just want to know more people who are doing this as well. And then it started to get really exciting from 2015 onwards. And so then I was kind of like, okay, let me try what it's like when you actually know a lot of people who are doing this as well. Right. Okay. So the community thing, if you hadn't figured out a way to plug into the Nomad community, you might have kind of settled down earlier or stopped doing this. Yes. I mean, it is an important yes, part. Yes, because right? it wasn't there. So I was actually ready to kind of, I mean, the, the reality is I don't think I will really settle down like I'm not gonna be living here in Mallorca or you know um, all year round and I'm not even planning to be here for more than six months of the year yeah uh, maybe I will do it and if I start a family and have kids then this is definitely becomes a even higher priority to bring a little bit more stability in, in the way of how I'm living right so, but the the thing is just that um, we are always a little bit curious, right? Or we like to come back or we know, you know, like in the wintertime, I know I can go to Cape Town for like two months. There's lots of friends there, entrepreneur friends. Like, I just want to be there and I can, I just, you know, so we, we will always have like a few places, I think, where we're moving in between, depending if we can do this, like, on you know if we have family or that kind of restricts us a little bit with this or we're getting older and, and you know maybe then other things become important but as long as i'm like fit and healthy i think i will always be like moving a little bit between places but not so crazy and um, yeah also you know your priorities change and when you have to run a bigger business then you it's not so easy to just jump from one place to another. Right. Well, where did you grow up in Germany? In uh, close to Hanover. 
in northwestern part of is it Germany. um was that like a big town small town or small town okay how many people like a village type of thing Twenty thousand. okay so not small small but pretty small yeah, I can also talk about this because I have the feeling that the majority of nomads are actually people who are coming from small towns. Um, or there's oftentimes some kind of, you know, similarity or whatsoever. And what I think is that we have this urge when we are like kids to see more more of the world, right? Like we are like very restricted with how our life is where we grow up, you know, like we have this school, we have this one place where we're going to eat and whatsoever. But if you grow up in a big city, you're kind of like the environment is a little bit different. And if you ask people like really like, where are you actually from? Like they would say, well, first they say Berlin, but then you say like, yeah, but really like, where are you really from? So many times they will tell you that they are like from small towns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I hadn't, I guess, thought of it that way. And I, I mean, there, we don't have any official numbers on that, I suppose, mm-hmm. but you going yeah. on these crews and being around a couple hundred of these people at a time, you have a co- lot of conversations. So are, are your parents still there, for example? Are, do you still have family there? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was more of a traditional type of upbringing for you, like kind of in one place, you guys weren't traveling around and being nomads as a kid, for example. No, no, no. I, we always went to the same country. We always went to Norway, actually. Ha, to really? Oh, yes. <laughs> what did uh, you do here? I was there on like trips, on like youth trips. My dad was, or my, actually my dad was a minister, is a minister, was. like. Uh, so I went like a lot with him, like he organized trips in Norway, so I went there. And, um, yeah, so we always went to the same thing uh, every year. And that also, I think, made me want to travel the world even more. Because I was like, now I've been like, I'm 18 years old. I've been 17 times in Norway, you know. (laughs) Right. That's funny. Your dad's a former minister. I'm guessing, you know, as a minister, you have to... Tired. You kind of have to lead a congregation, right? So you're growing up and seeing him in a leadership role. Did that is that something that impacted you in terms of wanting to kind of start things and lead? I mean, if you think about it that way, maybe I'm getting too psychoanalytical, but uh, no. Um, so what is the reality? And I actually have never really talked about this so much about these things. So the what I believe is that. You know, I growing up on these trips, on these like youth trips, I was not scared to organize trips myself. Okay, yeah. And I and I understand the importance of community, right? So whether that's Christian or whatever it is, but like it's cool when you go with a lot of people to a place because you experience the place in a, like there's a lot more variety, it's more fun, you know, when you go to places, when you go to Norway, you live on a small, you know, small town uh, close to the, the, you know, the fjord or wherever, and you go there with 80 people. So I understand, like, that this is, like, I always grew up with community, and I was never scared. Like, I'm not scared to, like, that's why I tried, you know, like, I wasn't so scared when I tried out the idea for bringing, like, hundreds of people on a cruise ship because it's kind of something I grew up with. So... For me, it was like, okay, that's how you do it, right? Like, this is how you build community. This is how you do these things. So I kind of had this always, like, 
in me. It's, uh, yeah. That's really interesting uh, growing up with that and kind of, I guess, carrying on that tradition in your own way. It's almost like you could say you're carrying on this family tradition in some way, right? Like taking people on trips, building a community. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's, so, what, so what actually happened was that um, I have been, I went, after I finished school, I went to Australia for one year. And, and that was in 2003. And so then a lot of people told me like, hey, Thailand is amazing. You have to go there. You have to go to Thailand. And, and I had never thought to go to Thailand before, but there everyone was telling me about it. Then I, what I did then is that I, uh, I convinced my friends to come and meet me in Thailand because Australia was too expensive and too far away. So I said, like, guys, when I'm coming home, let's meet in Thailand and let's see what it's about, right? So we end up going with 10 friends to Thailand in 2004, okay? And there was already, like, some kind of backpacking scene and whatsoever, and we were all a little bit scared to go there together. But I said, like, guys, everyone says it's cool, so let's just try it, right? So we there and this was the best vacation of my life oh really right? still <laughs> these 10 yes i can say like with these 10 friends we went there we spent in one month like 500 euros everything was like compared to now like super like a lot cheaper it's still cheap but like you know when we wanted to go somewhere we hired a speedboat we went to the next island we stayed there so I had this amazing experience. We went to this place, you know, where they shot the beach, the movie, and made this picture. And there weren't just, it was just us there. It was not that they had to close this beach, which is the case now, but we, you know, we just did this. And I thought it was so amazing. So next year, I'm asking my friends, like, guys, do you want to come? Like, let's go, let's, let's go to some other trip. Like, this was awesome, and everyone agreed that this was our best trip ever. But, ah, I don't have the money, you know, like, or one just got a new girlfriend, or, you know. So, anyway, so it didn't work out in the next year. And the more, like, we started to study and things started to be a bit more, you know, like, structured, the harder it was to organize a tri uh, trip like this. But I knew that this was amazing, right? I knew that community and bringing people together is amazing. I knew this from when I was growing up and from this one trip. So I started to get a little bit upset with my friends, actually, because I was like, guys, you know, like, why are we, I'm here in Bali or I'm here in, so I started to just, you know, I just went travel by myself and I always met some people. I know I can just go to Malaysia or I can fly anywhere tomorrow. I will have a nice trip. But it's still different going on a trip where you just know people for two days or when you know them for like a really long time. So this kind of created in me this thing of like creating community and, you know, where I thought, you know, I think this what I'm doing here is amazing, but I know it would be so much cooler if you're part of, you know, something bigger and it's not just you traveling alone around the world. So why not, you know? inspire other people to do it so i wrote an ebook the travel guide for people who work online was before nomads list or you know any any other thing and i tried to sell this ebook it worked really well on the first day 
And then I had no clue about Facebook, like not enough knowledge about Facebook ads. And I made a lot of mistakes, so it didn't really work out. But eventually I invited everyone who bought the book into a Facebook group. And then things really started to change, right? That was the first Facebook group for digital nomads. So it grew very fast to like 5,000 people. At one stage, I just decided like everyone can just join the group. You don't need to buy the book, you know, like let's just see what happens out of this. So it grew really fast. And then one day I came across this, yeah, this cruise that was going to South America and, you know, knowing all these things that I know from when I was growing up and from with my friends, how awesome it is to have like a lot of people and how difficult it is when you travel through South America and like you go to Rio de Janeiro, you need to like make friends everywhere, put, you know, do all these things. So I thought, you know, why it can be just amazing. You just go with a lot of people on a ship, you meet each other, you do some workshops, you know, and then when you arrive in the, on the other side of the world, you don't need to go to Rio de Janeiro by yourself, but you know that some of your community are there already, or you go to Buenos Aires, some are there already. Like, so that was the idea of the cruise. And now it's exactly so, I mean, we organized one cruise in November and even month later, there are still a lot of people in Colombia and Buenos Aires in Rio de Janeiro. They're all there. They're all traveling within their network, but a lot of people don't know, you know, what happened before that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it was a very cool idea. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, darn it. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, I guess, entrepreneurship and the whole nomad scene, because you've probably seen a lot change over the last 10 years since you've been doing this. And I think you're a good person to ask some of these questions to because you've been around so many people that are doing so many different things over the years. So I'm just wondering how you think the whole digital nomad or remote work, whatever you want to call it, scene has changed over the last, say, five years. And then I'd like to learn a little bit more about what you think might be working well now for people in terms of business. Okay, so the, the thing is, I think like in the beginning, like on the first cruise, we had like 100% first movers, right? Like a lot of these people who came on the, on the first cruise or second cruise, they were just people who decided for themselves that, you know, I can just go and travel or like they read the four hour work week, you know, they read some, some book that inspired them, but they didn't know many people who were actually doing this. And they were a little bit, they were like very entrepreneurial in that sense and they just did it, right? So now we have a lot more people, like it becomes a little bit more mainstream, which is not bad, right? Like, but it was like, it was also kind of exciting in the beginning because we were like all like really trying to figure this out and, you know, and how this works. And, and now things are a lot easier to do. And um, what I see in general is that, um, you know, some people, they... Um, so things are so easy. They just take off and they, you know, they, they travel and do all these things, but they forget a little bit about their business. They forget a little bit, you know, to develop, they forget to do their homework or whatsoever. And they just think like, okay, let me just get a, a villa in Bali. You know, I, 
I can live the same life like I like I did before, but um, but basically they they forget to take care of their future or to build up you know to build some nice business or or develop themselves because they are just so so much stuck in the moment and um, I see that this is a little danger uh, because they are not really taking care of these things, um, but. I think that also, you know, like all these things are coming up now and like we see like what what is happening. And so if you want to do this for long term, you need to kind of be smart about like what you do, how you do for work. And you need to develop like discipline and like a lot of new skills that maybe you didn't even have before. So it will make you turn you into quite a smart person it's not just all about the traveling so I, th I think it's a great way for personal growth and you know business mindset and, and all these things because otherwise you're not going to be able to continue this for a really long time discipline's the word i want to pull out there because that can be challenging when you're in your home setting right where you're in your routines and you're used to everything so then try being disciplined when you just met, you know, 10 awesome people and everybody's going out five nights in a row and you're in a beautiful exotic location. Try staying home and getting any work done in those scenarios. You know, it does take a lot of discipline. Yes. So it's very, very hard, actually. And uh, I mean, and I hashtag first world problems i guess right yeah, yeah. some of those things but it's first world problems but it's problems like that people like you get so many options these days and it doesn't really necessarily make your life easier like if you grow up in the past you knew like okay well this is where i live what job do i want to do like it was a little bit easier to make some decisions so now you're completely overwhelmed and you're not even getting anything done because you think every day shall I go and spend my winter in Asia or in South America? Do you do you get overwhelmed in this way? I get less and less overwhelmed because I'm just more experienced with things, but I get overwhelmed with you know building a team, building a business, setting up the right structure, making the crews you know like what it is or like developing this. And, you know, then sometimes you just make small mistakes and they have big impact on your things that you need to fix. But, you know, you get smarter all the time, every day. Yeah. What is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself doing these projects or maybe other past business projects, just doing things on your own in that way? This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply.
Limited time offer, the creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and (laughs) immediately... I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been, and they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. So the biggest thing is I would say that I, um, well, I really need, like, it's all about leadership. It's about learning to lead, like, some team or, you know, and and leadership and some kind of discipline. Uh, these are the two key things, I think. And I didn't have any of this before I started, you know, with the cruise because I just had one nice online business that was running well or is still running, but, um, but you know, once you have, once your responsibility grows and you're doing these things and then you also think a lot about, you know, like what are the, the people doing who are joining the cruise, how are they doing, you know? So that's why I talk very open to you, you know, like to, to say like, okay, this is like an amazing lifestyle, an amazing opportunity, but you also need to know a little bit, you know, like, what else is involved into when you're getting yourself there. So because I got myself into this sometimes and I was not aware, you know, like I was like, I had to figure out everything by myself, um, how it works. And now these days it's, it's much easier to, yeah, to go out there and do this. I get a bit off the track, but yeah. What are some of the things that you see that are working or seem to be working well among 
the community in terms of business models or types of businesses that people have right now? I think that what works in general really well is when people have got some, you know, like they have a one skill, like graphic design or, you know, whatever it is. And they're just doing this type of work. Like they don't necessarily, you know, some people have built a, gr- a great business already and then they start to travel and they just maintain it, which is, you know, that's cool. And the people who are like actively working and traveling, like and really working a lot they usually have you know they are programmers they they have just like very normal tech jobs that are well paid and like this they can you know they can save like they don't need to even spend as much money as maybe if they would be living in Oslo, right? Or somewhere else. Right. I'm doing it all wrong. That's what I tell people is I'm living in the most one of the most expensive cities in the world. <laughs> yeah. So you can basically save a lot of money, you get a good salary, and then you have like the, you know, you know how to sell your business, how to sell your work, how to find new clients. Um, all these things are a little bit complicated. So it's good when you have all these things set up before you're traveling. Um, but it's also good to first kind of test this out, this lifestyle, or see like a little bit, you know, like, or you just go to one place, but like, you shouldn't travel, start to travel super fast until you have a smooth running business with whatever you're doing. Because, I mean, so right now, I kind of, I was just like three months in Thailand and I really note, like, not Thailand, I was like traveling, organized, you know, two cruises. And then I felt a bit like, oh, okay, you know, like now things get a bit crazy. Like there's so many things I need to solve. And actually, like the last thing I want to be or do right now is be in Bali with hundreds of other people, um, where I have the distraction, you know, all all time around. So if I'm running, but if I'm running a business where I just need to know, where I just know, like ah, I just need to work five hours a day, and I know what I'm doing, and my projects are running, and everything is coming in, then it's it's an amazing place to be there and have like this social life, and you know, if things are you know, if it's depending on the complexity of the work that you do. Yeah, you have to be real intentional with where you place your physical body, right? Based on what your responsibilities are going to be at that moment in time. And if you're just ramping up, I mean, you've done what, you're, what you've been doing for a while. So you kind of know, you can foresee what you're going to be stepping into in the next month or two. And that might be challenging in the beginning, which is why I think I liked your tip on slow traveling versus fast traveling fast traveling you all you can almost barely get anything done essentially it's very difficult to get things done when you're traveling fast uh, and be super productive of course you can but it's not easy but, but i find the slow travel you can to be do it. You yeah can do it. yeah so this is how you do it when you want to fast travel you stay in expensive hotels where you have <laughs> You know, where you have a desk where you can work immediately when you arrive somewhere. The evening before, wherever you go, you make a plan what you're going to do tomorrow. You always wake up at the same time in the morning and you make five hours and you plan out your week. And you really, you know, like you really um, kind of like you develop some, some habit, like you keep your routine while you're traveling. But... This is the hardest thing, right? So maybe it's 
because the thing is like now if you stay in some hostel where you're going to have a lot of distractions, then you need to look for a workspace. Then you're going to, um, then you need to like sometimes meet some people because otherwise you're lonely or you like, you want to have a little bit of a social life. Uh, you're not like doing any fitness. You're not like working out. You get less energy in general. So like if you're like super disciplined, you can also travel fast and get a lot of things done, but you always need to keep in mind that, you know, when you change the destination, it's like so much things that are coming into your head. So you already need to like plan the day, what, like what you're doing tomorrow. Right. The there. Yeah. And that's great advice. Just making sure that you're on top of the game and keeping those routines if you can. Um, yeah. The expensive hotel might not sound fun for some schedule. people, but keep your that's the, that's the word. That's how you say it. Keep, keep your the schedule. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about unplugging. Uh, I know that's something you guys do on the cruises, from what I read. How important is that to you personally? And then after this, I want to ask you about places, yeah, destinations. Um, so unplugging is um, basically, um, yeah, I mean, on the cruise, the internet is not amazing, so people really have the time to like not take their cell phone with them anywhere, and like it gets so annoying to always check. Like it works sometimes of the day, but it's not the focus on of the cruise. The cruise is about like detox and and doing things like this. So, um, yeah, so it's great. It's great. Like it's actually exactly what people need especially us because if we are working digital the whole day uh you know we are always doing this and there we kind of put ourselves into a forced environment where we can't do all these things that we usually would want to do right? oh my gosh wait people actually talk to each other right they exactly. don't have their phones in front of their faces yes yes and like just like the good old days sorry and <laughs> they go to dinner and they need to talk to each other and they're they doing like there's like forced social interaction. It's the same thing. Like uh, once I, w I was staying in a, in like a kitesurf hostel uh, many years ago, and the guy said, you know, if I want people to talk to each other, I just turn off the router. <laughs> and um, so you know, everyone sits in the room, and then the internet turns off. And after like two three minutes, someone says like, okay. Um, hey, is the internet working or whatsoever? And then first everyone is a bit upset that the internet doesn't work. And then you have a conversation going, like a full conversation just by turning off the, just by turning off the router. Yeah. It's, so we're doing this for two weeks. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I understand people have their businesses to run and everything, but I yeah. think those periods of time when you can unplug, even if it's a chunk of a day and even if it's not like for the entire day it's just so valuable to give yourself that mental space i've found we talked a little bit about destinations and bali of course used as the example of hey i don't want to go there if i need to get a lot done because there's you know millions of people there and the distractions and everything but what are some of the places that you would like to go without that that are maybe up and coming or just really cool places to hang for you that don't have a, I'm going to say like a quote unquote, a scene. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that Cape Town is still like one of my favorite cities in the world. 
it's quite a you know some people love it some hate it like there's a, a lot of diversity in the city and also poor and rich um, that is a bit of a negative thing about it but the beauty of this place and I also love kite surfing and it's the best place to kite in January February March yeah I'm, ca I'm catching a kite surfing theme with you yeah so <laughs> uh, so that is amazing um, where there's like a small nomad scene now like it it's a few more people but it's not like really like not very very big yet um, I, I mean, I've been traveling, so I'm, I got a little bit tired of the normal traveling, right? And what do you define as the normal traveling? Just seeing a lot of being around know, a lot of backpackers, oh, you mean? I, yeah. Yeah. Because I did this, I, like, as I said, you know, like I always, I went to Australia after I finished school in yeah. 2003. And then the years afterwards, I did a lot of backpacking mm -hmm. and also in the beginning when I was nomad, like I went all over South America uh, Southeast Asia, Australia, yeah, you did the backpacking thing, Africa, everything. Yeah. yeah, everything. So I started doing this like very early. And, um, so I'm not, I mean, just a few places. I can mention a few places that I think that are cool and where not so many people talk about. So Cape Town, which is getting a lot of attention anyways. Uh, I think Zanzibar, something like Zanzibar is also really cool because you can have a amazing, beach but you can also go into the safari the, around zanzibar like uh, tanzania you have some of the best like wildlife safaris experiences you can have um what's also really cool is bolivia um, like very unique place um super cheap super affordable i don't see many nomads talking about this but you have like these you know you can be kind of high up in the in the air so you get like a fresh climate and there's amazing adventures and stuff just at your doorstep and nature you've never seen anywhere else in the world um yeah i mean like colombia i think medellin that's where everyone is going right um there are also some like smaller towns in Colombia that might be worth to check out. Like what I also see is, you know, most of the nomads, they're just hanging out in the same places because this is like the place to go, but they have like no clue about how amazing Colombia is or the same with Indonesia. Um, they're just going to Bali, but when you go to Lombok uh, to and all the other islands around it or Sumatra, there are amazing places there. There's a place called Lake Toba, which I believe will someday, I don't know who's going to discover it and make it famous, but um, there's like this little volcano crater lake in Sumatra. Um, it's a small town. Like there's like a few, um, you know, like a few buildings there and used to be super touristy um, before the tsunami came to Sumatra. And then, a lot of people kind of disappeared. So it used to be like a super touristy place, but it's not anymore. I don't know the exact history about it, but it's an amazing little place. And it's not, uh, it's up, up high in the mountains in Sumatra. From there you can, you know, see orangutans and stuff if you travel for two hours. And it's just the perfect place to focus and work because there's not so much happening there, but you're living at this lake and it's super 
like it was super affordable when I was there like six years ago, but I'm sure it still is. Like I never hear anyone talking about it. So and say the name of the town uh, one more time. It's uh, Lake Toba. Lake Toba. The, uh, the 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 town is called Samosir, I think it's like Samosir Village or something. Okay. Yeah. Giving us the secret and spots. There are many of these, so there are many of these places, right, that could be potential spots where someone will open some co-working space also around Malaysia. Um, but people just have this tendency to just go where everyone is going. But yeah, I think there's so much more out there. Well, you've done the co-working space thing before. Have you thought about doing that again? What? Opening uh, a co-working space or something like that? Yeah, so I've been thinking about it, but the thing is that, I mean, I think it's a great business when you're starting out, but if you want to make it, you know, really big, like if you want to make it a real business, you need to have a massive space. Um, and then you have the problem that, you know, someone else comes and opens a little bit more beautiful place and you might lose the entire business. So we have like a community of, over yeah, one thousand almost one thousand five hundred people who joined the cruise. If I would open a co-working space, I couldn't get everyone in there. So I rather you know stick to some events or different things around the world. At the moment, it's not uh, planned. I would like to open some co-living hotel in Greece or something one day. But like really, the the perfect way of how I want it and the perfect destination. But um, it's not not so soon. Yeah, man, I've seen these, um, you know, these small towns in Italy selling places for one euro or something. Have you seen this yeah. in the news? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't I snap one of these up here? If you're listening to the podcast, maybe, maybe you can give me some feedback on this and we can just fix it up, put a lockbox on it or something and have it be a place where people can come and crash and maybe they donate you know x amount of dollars for each night they stay and just make it like a a, a global um crash pad i don't know so the thing is the first person who will do this who will go for this idea and who knows a little bit how to execute it will build something really awesome it's very like I know, like I read about these houses as well. I also read recently an article that this has been working really well for a lot of people. It's a little bit more than a one euro investment. But if someone says like, okay, I want to put all my effort and energy into building like a cool village for nomads in southern Italy, it will work because there's nothing in Italy really yet, like nothing really big. And I see, you know, like I look at properties and whatsoever, what you can rent. There's like so much potential there. I know. So I've thought about this. Good. Maybe we got to get our heads together here, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you give any, any advice on this. The thing is like, there's like so many, that is a little bit a nomad problem as well. I see, you know, like we have all these opportunities. We have like, Oh, I can open this co-working space. I want to, you know, live in Bali. Maybe I just open an Airbnb here. Um, and then tomorrow you think like, oh, maybe I want to, you know, focus on some Amazon business or whatever, right? So the options that we have, basically, we end up having like no, you know, no focus onto just one project. And that's why they never really take off. But if we say like, okay, let me, 
you know, focus on this one idea and do everything I can in order to make this work and like actually put in like two years or whatever and believe in this, that I can make this happen. That's when, that's when things will, you know, that's, I believe when things will start to work, but that's a little bit of a problem for the nomads because we're traveling so much. We get like all these inspiration. We meet all these cool people who are doing all these cool things, but it can be overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I think that can be a problem for any, maybe we call a serial entrepreneur or anybody who's interested in starting their own things as well. There's all these wonderful ideas that would all be fun. And sometimes I think, Oh, I could, you know, you want to, you want to soak in so much uh, uh, of these different experiences and meet so many people. That's exciting for me. So you think, Oh, but you can't possibly live all the lives you sort of want to live, right? Like, yeah, sure. I'd like to fix up a village in Italy and do all that. But can I really, do I have the bandwidth to do that? No, um, not right now, but maybe somebody, uh, maybe some because i'm focusing on other things (laughs) i i have to focus i have to take the focus advice yeah i could shift focus but that's those are tough decisions i mean what are some of the hardest decisions you've had to make in your life so i have to make hard decisions like all the time to be honest like it's really sometimes overwhelming but for me basically one thing that I've been struggling with, and that's like, I'm not just saying this to give some to sound smart or something, but when I started the cruise, so we started like, you know, I got a very good head start with the project, right? Like where I didn't need to do a lot, like, and we already had now 1000 people on the ship. It grew organically. Yeah, it grew organically. But now how do you keep this growth? How, like, how do you develop this? How do you, and then what do you do for these people who have been your clients and who are now best friends and doing all these things around the world and where you, but where you, you know, where you use value, where you add some value and where you, so I had like 1 million business ideas, what I can do for the nomads, like co-working space, hotels, you know, like I can, communities, blah, and then I lose the focus from the cruise and, you know, doing this thing. And then I see like, oh, but now they're all acting like this. Like I would actually like to help them a little bit more, you know, to get some, to be more successful with their business because there's definitely some things I know where I can help, right? So I was diving between like a lot of different ideas and I have to hold myself back like all the time and be like, okay, so what is the one single thing that I can do right now where I can have the most impact and then let me do this and then I will do the next step and the next step. And like, maybe that's not right now, you know, to start another business and make my own life more complicated or more complex or anything like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you start visualizing it, you think, do I really, should I really go down that path? And and you kind of can see what's, what's ahead. Have you read that book? The one thing, I read the book, yes. Yeah, because that's a sound like the phrasing of that question a bit. It's like, what's the one thing you can do now, such yeah. that everything else? How does it go? Such that everything else is. Uh, I don't remember exactly how he words the question. Such that everything so what, else is unnecessary. Exactly. Something. So like what? That. You, what you can think of is like, what is your biggest bottleneck right now? Like, what is the the one thing like? the one trouble that you have that you need to fix. And if you really focus on getting this fixed, you know, like let's say you have some kind of 
you're organizing an event and you're not really, you know, like you really struggle, like you're getting like a few people, but not enough. And then you want to like really focus like, okay, so how do we get the people? What are the numbers? How do we, do we use an application system? We don't, do we need to spend some money on outreach on influences or whatsoever? So there are like a lot of things and you always just need to find out like, what is the one little thing? Like maybe we can use, you know, um, vloggers to promote our thing. So we just dive into this thing. We don't do anything else, right? And when you focus on these things, then you slowly like release this momentum and things start to work. Yeah, that's great. And um, I also think it's important to remember, especially when you're trying to start things and figure it out, which you know, there's no, it's not a linear journey, right? Like you, you think you got something figured out and then you might take five steps backwards or it, it's it's all up and down, kind of all over the place. You're figuring things exactly. out all the time. But just remembering that wherever you are in your journey, whether it's entrepreneurial journey or travel journey or whatever, we're not broken just because we don't know something or don't have the answer. Like I feel like it's very easy to beat yourself up right? It's like, oh, well, I, you know, I can't figure this thing out. Um, oh, okay. So then eventually you do get figured it out, but then there's something else right behind it that you can't figure out. Right. So it's like you're pr- setting yourself up for this perpetual feeling of inadequacy, I guess I would say you're not good enough or, um, everything's too hard. And that's, uh, that's a bad place to be too. So I think it's also, there's like this whole accepting who you are and where you are and taking these things from maybe more analytical kind of detached approach is my philosophy. I don't know how you feel about that. So what I believe is uh, what I can just tell everyone is like, or what would be one advice is so actually when you are like, when you get successful with some project, so you think like, I want to, I would think like, oh, I want to, like a lot of people tell me like, oh, one day you're going to charter the whole ship, right? So like, wouldn't that be amazing? I think about it like this, like from the experience that I've made before, like, okay, if we would charter a whole ship, it would increase the complexity of the cruise and the responsibility so much more, Yeah, you know, like. Is um, it worth it? Yeah, is it worth it? And like also when you think about business, like when you think about entrepreneurship, you can also think about it like, do I want to have a difficult life? <laughs> this is the lifestyle part, right? This is why we do this for the lifestyle, right? Exactly. We're doing it for the lifestyle. So the question is, what are the things like, what lifestyle do I want to have, right? So if I want to travel around the world, live in Bali, live in, you know, wherever I I want to be and I want to get there as fast as I can. I will take a, I, w- I will keep my business as simple as possible and as effective as possible so that I have almost zero headaches. Right. And the more you, so the more you grow, the more you like, if you're trying to be like super successful at the same time while you're traveling, you increase the complexity of everything that you're working on like so, so much. And it's not even then, like sometimes then it's not even much more fun. Like I can tell you, you know, from running the cruise, 
like the last four years were uh, really amazing. Like there were some really, really cool moments, but it was also the most difficult time in my entire life because uh, because there are so many decisions. There are so many people, you know, like who are like going like uh, not even on purpose, but like they want this, this person wants this. And like, I never had all these things before in my life. Cause I just had like, you know, a small e-commerce business and was, you know, I can like stop the cruise tomorrow and just do this. And I have like a much easier life. Right. And so I think that we always need to tell, and I know this also from other friends, right? Like then they became like, went into full entrepreneur mode. They burned themselves out and then they're like, okay, so why did we actually do this? We just wanted to have the freedom. So now we just take it like super easy and maybe we don't need to live in, you know, pay $10,000 a month for a villa, but we can just have like a very simple life and it's also cool, right? And and we we can enjoy it. Well, this so is, I just want to, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say this is uh, something I miss about the backpacking days sometimes, right? More of a simple kind of approach to travel. Not like I never do that, but you know, when you, you know, there's a saying like wherever you go, there you are, right? So we can go and on a backpacking journey, but you know, you're bringing a lot of your responsibilities with you. And for me, before, I didn't have all of these responsibilities that I do now, but that's how life evolves. And um, I'm not complaining about it because there are things that I wanted to take on. So, um, but it's just, um, it's. I think it's important to remember, like you said, I mean, it's not just the lifestyle, it's the service, it's the whole thing. And that's part of the lifestyle, right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm doing work that I think helps people. That means something to me. That's part of the lifestyle for me, right? Is getting to do work that I enjoy and that I believe helps people. It's important. And what's the, I mean, for example, I know for myself that if I, you know, have a lot of free time and I have nothing to do, the first thing I do is like I start to think about new business ideas, right? <laughs> so, no, well, I thought the like, first thing you do is go kiteboarding. <laughs> well, I did this so much, like I love it, but like I got a bit, like I got a bit more excited about some business things um, than about kiting. But I want to get back a bit more into the the kiting. So, but I just want to say, like in general, the thing I think that a lot of people are not aware of is that you know there are simple ways to build a very nice business, and then you just you know use your time to you know do lots of sports. Uh, you can do volunteer work, you can give back to other communities, you know, you can do a lot of really cool things, but the more bigger you want to have oftentimes like success with building teams and whatsoever, the more you need to learn in order to run it. So there are, so what I'm doing right now, for example, with the cruise is like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm working on, you know, setting like not trying to develop like way too many new things around it, but just really like define the whole process. Like this is how it works. This is how it works. These are like the five people we need in order to run it and they can run this independently. So then I can decide, you know, like I have some income of the cruise, uh, amazing event, but I also have the free time to then either work on some other new projects or I can go kite surfing or I can do whatever. But in order to get there where I have this cruise so automized and fully running, I had to learn 
so many things, uh, read so many books. And, you know, it's cool to read. It's cool to learn and do all these things. But I also want maybe it's not for everyone. Like maybe not everyone is so interested in it. And then they put a lot of pressure on themselves that they want to do it. And I think it's totally cool to just have also like a cool running like small business or even you can work for other people. Just make sure, you know, like to develop a little bit in the field where you are so that maybe not in 10 years you stand there with nothing, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, where does that come from too? I mean, you could say, is it a personal thing or is some of it, I'm sure it's similar in Germany as it is in the US where it's like, you know, there's this kind of this mindset of, oh, well, you got to go bigger and do more and kind of like take on more responsibility. And, and that's kind of what you do and more of like a Western mindset type thing. I, I don't think you can discount that growing up within that right so i mean i have to be honest like it was never really my plan to do something like this um so i wasn't really yeah it wasn't really my focus to to go this this route but when i kind of when i started you know when i started this face like when i had this idea right like so when i was traveling and i saw this problem like you know like this is amazing and why is no one else doing it then i thought like since that moment i thought like okay i'm on to something i'm on to something that i care about i want to make something That's out of the this. thing right so so that was when before that i was like really happy not to work my ass off uh, <laughs> like always so that i can you know take a detour and whatsoever but then there i was just like okay how can i make something out of this and i knew like i'm like one of the first ones who's in this thing so what can i do what do i need to do but then i started to think about nothing else than just this right? yeah yeah so i guess what i was referring to to clarify that was we were talking about some of the pitfalls of starting your own thing, right? Like if you forget about the lifestyle you want to have, maybe you're picking the wrong things, you're not building the business the right way. But I think we're on the same page in the sense of like, I like to learn, I like to read, and that's just part of my personality. And the other driving force sounds like for both of us is it's like sort of the, the community and the sort of the greater mission behind it, right? Like that's a thing that keeps me going, keeps me publishing podcasts for whatever, six years, going on seven years or whatever, you know, every every week, virtually all those years. It is like, yeah, I, I think that the motivation can come from the value that you're providing, right? And then and and the people that you're providing it for. Because at a certain point it's like, well yeah, like I want to make this thing bigger because I can impact more people. You know, and that's a different approach than, oh, I want I, you know, I want to own like 20 houses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was really like the, about the nomad life. It was like, okay, I see, you know, like at first I was like, oh, you know, like, I think this would be a cool idea. And I, so the thing is like the things I did before, I didn't really enjoy working on them. Right. So I wanted to work on something that I like. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't like to well, go on cruises, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, with I, the right I, group of people, I guess. I, I don't, yeah, I haven't really actually been no, on a cruise. I mean, like, when I started, you know, when I started to do the Facebook group, like develop like the travel guide for people who work online, like in the very, very beginning, I was like, okay, I think that I can earn some money with this, 
and I enjoy doing this. And then that's what, that's why I went this way. But this was like a pure passion project, and um, I was yeah. So this is also something we need to keep in mind, right? Like because these passion projects they can take a while to take off. Yeah, sometimes. for sure. I mean, but that's a good intersection, right? Like there's a problem I can solve, there's a need for it, and it's something that I enjoy doing. That's kind of where you want to be sitting, right in the middle of that, because you're getting the best of both worlds. You got to be able to build something that works and people will actually buy or you know participate in, but also something that is motivating enough to and exciting enough to you to keep things moving forward. Well, man, I appreciate your time today. I know we... We, we, we were supposed to keep this a little shorter, but here we go. We get to talking. I said, oh, man, once I get talking, I don't know. I'm going to lose track of time. So, Johannes, I'm sorry if I uh, took you over. But uh, just share if you want uh, with everybody before we go. If anybody wants to check you out, of course, nomadcruise.com. Anything else you want to share or is that, that pretty much it? Yeah. So, I mean, if people want to join one of the trips and learn a little bit more about the lifestyle and, you know, connect to people from many, many other countries around the world, they should really check out the website. There's a little documentary to watch and that gives you like a good impression, uh, some videos and stuff. All the information is there. And then they can follow me on, on Instagram. Um, I'm not the most active, but that's where they can get in touch with me. <laughs> right on. Cool. Thanks for your time. And we look forward to uh, chatting again. Thank you so much. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. There you have it. Thank you to Johannes for stopping by the show. What an interesting guy. And uh, we share a lot of the same values as you heard. I love the community-driven aspect of his work, and that's certainly the case with my work as well. And here on the podcast, you know that. I love this community of listeners. I don't get to see all of your faces all the time, but I do get to hear from you via email. And boy, is that a treat when I get emails from listeners or reviews or anything. I mean, I like to make this a two-way conversation as much as possible. If you haven't checked in yet, please Drop me a line, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com. I read all of the emails that come in. And if you've sent me one, I have read it. So thank you very much to everybody. I do want to give a shout out to Anne Harai. She said, Jason, I recently discovered your podcast. Absolutely love it. I'm a traveler myself taking a month each year to backpack around a new country. Well, not this year, obviously, but it will happen again. Your podcasts are helping me add new destinations to my already rather long list, but I also love listening to the interviews that are not specifically about destinations. I understand you live in Oslo. I'm originally from north of Copenhagen, so hello and welcome to Scandinavia. It sounds like you're really enjoying it. It's a gorgeous place. And she goes on to say she lives in Washington State now, so I hope you're doing well over in my home country, and thank you so much for checking in and for being a part of this community. Woo! Another show almost in the books here. We do have to talk about getting overwhelmed. How do you avoid being overwhelmed? How do you avoid that feeling of being overwhelmed? And this can pertain to travel, of course, if you're talking about uh, maybe getting overwhelmed about, and I know these are first world problems, but I mean, we've experienced this. Uh, if you have been on the road for a long time at any point in your life, I'm sure you have too, trying to figure out, hey, what destination are we going to go to next? Or how long are we going to stay in this town? Or when are we going to move on? All these sort of decisions to make when you're on the road. I, mean, I think that's one of the things that really 
one of the many things I should say that makes you feel alive when you are traveling is you constantly have to kind of be responsible for yourself, be resourceful, make a lot of decisions. And of course, there is that decision fatigue sometimes that can set in. But for the most part, I think if you're just like actively making decisions about your life, where you're going to be, where you're going to go, it it kind of toughens some kind of muscle. I don't know what muscle that is specifically, but it's some kind of mental muscle that gets you better at, I guess, just being more resourceful and making decisions, which is something that I struggled with for a while. Like I was indecisive often for a lot of things, and I've realized this ties in with the uh, the whole avoiding the overwhelm thing. I'll share that in a second. I do have to say a quick one more thank you to Home Exchange for supporting today's show. If you haven't checked out homeexchange.com, it is the number one home exchange community in the world today. And you can join it for free. You don't pay anything until you make your first exchange. And right now it only costs $150 for the entire year. So imagine being able to stay all over the world and be a part of an awesome community for only 150 bucks. Actually, it'll cost you less because I have a promo code for you. 010 is that promo code. So jot that down when you make your first exchange. You can type in the promo code 010. You'll get 10% off that annual fee. One thing I want to remind you about home exchange is you do not have to go halfway around the world to exchange your home. A lot of people now Maybe uh, we'll say, if you like to travel, we can use the word stuck, I guess. You can't travel too much right now. But you could exchange homes with somebody in uh, your state. If you're in the U.S. or in your county or, you know, a few hours down the road or a day's drive or maybe even in their same town just for a change of scenery. So check them out. Sign up today. Homeexchange.com. Really dig in their service and excited to have them as a partner on the Zero to Travel podcast. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to leave you with a quote too, but let's talk about how you avoid getting overwhelmed. And it's really simple, I think. I mean, it's maybe simple in theory, but difficult in practice. It's just less is more, right? Less is more, and it's this idea of minimalism and you can think about that i think it's easy to wrap your head around minimalism in the physical world right you can look at a room full of stuff and say oh man my stuff's piling up i need to get rid of it i don't want to have this much stuff uh or it's it's you know it's wearing me down every time you bring something new into your life it's something you have to either care for or care about or um deal with right so the less stuff you have the less stuff you have to deal with the less maybe you get overwhelmed but in the in the mental world I guess, those decisions you have to make can be the thing that kind of makes you feel that burden. You know, and you can't see a room full of stuff, but maybe if you could see into your head, you might see a head full of stuff. Maybe you're trying to decide what type of business to start. Maybe you're trying to decide what you should do with your life, when you should travel, if you should quit your nine to five, all of these different things, right? And if you quit your nine to five, you know, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? So the best way to avoid getting overwhelmed with these types of things. And, and again, this is not easier said than done. But believe it or not, limiting your choices is very helpful with avoiding the overwhelm and just being at peace with the path that you choose. 
You know, the, the, the thing that gets exhausting is your mind tries to play out all these different scenarios. Well, what's going to happen if I do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and on and on and on? We can never know. And we can also have regrets or worries, I guess I would say, if we pick up a, a particular path that we wonder, well, what if we went down that path? What if we did this thing or that thing? You know what? There's stuff to be learned from every decision, no matter what it is. And this all comes down to the cost of inaction, which is something I covered recently with my buddy Travis on our Location Indie podcast, which if you're looking for another podcast, by the way, you can check it out. Just search Location Indie, I-N-D-I-E. We have a whole community there for digital nomads and people that are starting location-independent businesses and running them. And um, we do a lot of cool stuff there. So if you like that sort of thing, you can check that out. Uh, but we talked about this. We talked about the cost of inaction. And I think uh, we tend to forget as humans that all of our choices have consequences, but so do our non-choices. Our non-choices have consequences too, right? And if we're not taking action on something, then there is a cost to that as well. So let's use an example. If you're feeling overwhelmed because you can't pick a particular business idea, let's say, and you, you want to start a location-dependent business, but you can't decide on anything. Well, the longer you just wait to pick something, you're, 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 there's a cost to that inaction. You're not learning business skills. You're not um, reading different books that might put you on a new path. You're not meeting people within that industry that you may want to go into. You're not exploring or learning about maybe things that you don't like. There are all these things that happen once you make a decision. And it's just much better to make a decision because it's less overwhelming. Make a decision and take action, I should say. Because at least you have a direction. When you don't have a direction, I think that's when we can feel the most overwhelmed. But once we have a direction and we don't have to believe that it's perfect, then we can move forward and we don't have that cost of inaction, which is not making progress towards anything at all, right? So if you've been hemming and hawing about anything, I love that expression, hemming and hawing, something my dad used to say all the time. <laughs> it's old school. If you've been hemming and hawing about uh, what to do or a particular decision, dude, just pick one and roll with it and don't think it has to be perfect. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, boy, it feels good to just pick something. It's, it's just kind of a relief, right? You're not overwhelmed by that anymore. It's just like, oh, all right, well, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to go with this and see where it takes me. And there's no such thing as perfection. So let, let me just see where this takes me. And I'm going to let all that rest of that stuff go and not feel overwhelmed anymore. Choose not to feel overwhelmed anymore by all those potential options. So I wanted to share some of this because, hey, like I said, stuff I've struggled with in the past that wasn't easy. And if sharing a few thoughts and perspectives around this helps you out today or next week or next year, then I'm going to put it out there. Maybe it was a little rambly. Maybe it wasn't as organized as I wanted it to be. I didn't write it down. I'm just speaking from the heart here, my friends. That's what I do. So anyway, love y'all. You're wonderful human beings, all of you, each and every one of you, your infinite creative souls. And 
yeah, what a fantastic community we have here. Thanks. And please check in. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this. I'm still looking for those audio messages. I've gotten some nice emails the last couple of weeks, but I uh, haven't heard any of those audio messages yet. So if you have any questions or just some audio uh, commentary you want to share, just pick up your smartphone, record some audio and send it to me, jason at zerototravel.com. I want to put some of you on the podcast and uh, hear some of your voices or send me a picture of a sunset or some adventure you're on or, or even if it's just you know out, outside on your front lawn bird watching. I don't care. I'd love to hear from you all to know I'm not doing this in a vacuum. So I will leave you to enjoy your day. Now, let me leave you also with a quote from none other than Mark Twain, who said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret to getting started is breaking your overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one wise words there you go (laughs) starting on that first one that's all you got to do take that first step whatever you're going to do next take that first step today all right much love to you all thank you so much for your time and i'll see you next time peace and love this podcast has been brought to you by zero to travel.com ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality 